0: Hello, John. Hi. How's it going? It's
1: going. Yeah? I'm here. I'm hanging out.
0: Yep. I, I, I too, am, am here and hanging out. Uh, I personally cannot remember a single goddamn thing that happened in the past week. Uh, how, 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 how how's your, how have you been? Uh,
1: forget about the past week. I want to talk about the past... 24 hours. Okay. Uh, I I wanted to talk about this before. I mean, I mean, after we 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 already recorded because I knew if I said anything before, you you would pull the whole. John, are you okay? Are you are you are you are you fit for recording right now? Oh no, uh, I had a really fucked up night. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, I. Sorry, I'm eating cheese sticks right now.
0: Uh, Understandable.
1: I. I have sleeping issues. I don't know if I've talked about my sleeping issues on the pod before, but I have sleeping issues, and mm-hmm. for the past like year, I, I I've been taking melatonin gummies to 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 make me sleepy, and mm-hmm. and for the most part, they work. Uh, about about five milligrams will typically knock me out. My 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 main sleeping issue is. It takes me like a really long time to like fall asleep. Like I uh-huh. I will lay there, I will not touch my phone, I will close my eyes and then I will just be doing that for like 4 or 5 hours. Torture. Yeah, it's it's agonizing. Uh I don't know what what made me like this. Uh um,
0: yeah, I'm very sorry to hear. It, it's that it fucking sucks.
1: Yeah, uh, but like I said, the the melatonin gummies they they help most of the time, but every like like once a month, there's a night where I take the gummies, I lay there, and for some reason, I just get completely wired, and that that was. That was the night last night. I Oh no. It wasn't really a night. I I I laid down in my bed and took my gummies at maybe like four. It typically mm. takes maybe like 30, 40 minutes for them to kick in.
0: That is mad late. Okay. Yeah. Uh
1: an hour later, I'm like, I'm not feeling anything. And mm. it just turned into my brain like going super mode. Until like 11 a.m., I did not fall oh. asleep until 11 a.m. It, uh, listeners, it's it's 3:30 in the afternoon right now. I woke up maybe like 40 minutes ago. Uh, it was around the time you said, "Are we are uh, you're good to go?" Whenever I'm up, uh, mm-hmm. I, I that was the first thing I saw was that message manifesting on my screen like immediately after <laughs> I picked up my phone. Yeah. Uh, and i was like i don't want to i don't want to cancel the recording today because it's we're, we're already on saturday <laughs> mm-hmm. uh but i'm like We've fine already screwed
0: our patrons over we already screwed our patrons out of a good deal
1: yeah um but just so we're clear i'm like fine once i get up and going i'm good for a couple hours uh m- maybe issues will start happening like a couple hours from now uh, but but as as it stands, I'm okay. I'm hanging in here. Uh, All right,
0: we're we're soldiering on. I
1: have a I have an entire pack of cheese sticks to get me through the podcast in case I need it. Um. Uh, yeah, that's what that's what the past twenty four hours have been like. My God, we're it's not even twenty four.
0: It's it's more like twelve. The past twelve hours. Um. So I can relate a lot. Like I, similar, I like. Depend a lot, especially on like weekdays, sometimes on like taking a puff of weed before bed to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I am totally understand like the corner you're in. Um, and yeah, it, it fucking sucks when like it just doesn't work or like something about like your mental uh rhythm of the whole thing just gets out of whack and just, it just doesn't happen. So that is that's that's some bullshit. I'm <laughs> I guess the show must go on.
1: I'm not going to lie, I I really miss the days of when I was a ninth grader, and mm-hmm. my entire sleep schedule was I would sit up till 2 a.m. to see if a Homestuck update was going to come out, and then I'd sleep until 5 a.m., which is when I would get up and do my World of Warcraft dailies, and then, and then I would just go to school. And then I, I, that was it. That was my, that was my sleep schedule. Like I, I lived with like four hours a day of sleeping and I was like perfectly healthy about it. I never had any issues. I think, I think they're finally catching up to me.
0: (laughs) I I think a lot about that. Like be like when I was a kid, like I remember being like a kid and like sneaking downstairs after my parents went to bed to be on the computer with all my friends on Skype until like three in the morning, like four nights out of the week. Um, and now I'm, like, I would, I would literally kill everybody I care about to have a natural eight hours of sleep, unaided by anything, stress-free, no dreams. That's, that's the ideal right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's something to thing about how, like, when I was in high school doing that, like any given moment if you left me alone for 15 minutes with a flat surface i was out oh yeah (laughs) so you know rose-tinted glasses and all that but yeah it just like i fucking hate being an adult and having to manage my own sleep schedule it's like one of the worst parts of being a grown-up that like nobody talks about yeah um but I i feel pretty strongly that like it just it just fucking sucks to be responsible to just you know not do anything for eight hours every cycle and if you fuck it up, then your whole day is ruined. <laughs> like, how hard is it to just do nothing, right? Yeah, like, fucking, ugh, uh, <sighs> life sucks. Being a grown up sucks. Don't grow up, kids, or or do it. I don't <laughs> think you have much of a choice in it. Uh, um, an- another
1: big thing that's happened in the the past twelve hours. Did I make this post? Well, I made the post seventeen hours ago, so this is a, this is a twenty four hours case. Uh, I don't know if I don't know how often you check the the twitter for for the podcast i know you have access i don't
0: i don't check it from my like app that often because i'm scared that me opening it in the app will get us suspended again (laughs) um but like i do i do uh i do watch whenever you post on it from my time
1: yeah uh i i'm a bit of a marketing genius uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh as we all know uh we're kind of running out of what pumpkin content and yeah,
0: we're we're just about getting there.
1: Yeah, uh, so the past couple days, uh, somebody made a somebody posted a controversial Homestuck take, uh, mm-hmm. which I interacted with on main. Uh, probably a few people. So I know I lost a couple followers after I quote retweeted. I don't know if I don't know if it was it was because of that. Uh, but somebody made a controversial. Whenever homestuck I take.
0: whenever I make any post about Homestuck, I lose followers. So I just assume.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh but homestuck's been trending for the past couple of days because somebody posted a take and i was like mm-hmm. damn why don't i why don't i like profit off of this and so i i made a post that was like hey homestuck twitter what's what what do you think is the most important slash must see homestuck fan work and i we we got a post with like 2k impressions like we got a, we got a good number of interactions on here got so we got some big names in here we got we got replies from uh friend sim 2 on here we got replies from uh i think it was befriend us on here we got got some named creators in there as well i i I would say it's a it's a successful post and if you're one of the like 12 people who followed the account and actually took the time to listen to the podcast and you're now listening to this section right here hello hello you've been scammed i manipulated you (laughs) into listening to the podcast welcome
0: (laughs) welcome good to have you here good to have you here yeah
1: i i've got a i've got a i i've got a nice list of things we can cover one day uh Mm -hmm. there was some stuff in there that i hadn't heard of so like i said successful post uh we i i would say we're properly prepped for the future
0: We'll, we'll, we'll be your content slaves until we fucking die, it looks like. Absolutely. <laughs> um, where were we, though? Uh, yeah, so we put up that post. Um, so yeah, we got a lot of feedback on it. Really good to see some... Fe- good, to, good to profit off a trending topic. Uh, you love to see it. Um, good to uh, get some feedback, have some stuff in our back pocket uh, for the future. So, I guess, some stuff to look forward to. Um, let's see. Uh, Anything else? I kind of want to just get to this reading, because, the uh, there's a lot here. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's do, do you want to... Let's just...
1: Let's just... Let's just get into it. Let's talk about Roxy.
0: Uh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Let's... Okay. Roxy first. So, uh, volume 13. Roxy. So, uh... Halfway through our Alpha Kid friendship conquest, uh, we continue to be plagued with misgivings. Um... MSP Reader is kind of being torn at by these two different sides ever since the end of the last route, where we both feel really bad about not doing enough and being too passive with Jake and just letting him kind of wallow in his own shit, uh, versus what Jade said to us about us being too active and taking too many actions without, uh, considering the consequences of them. Um, nonetheless, uh, there are still friends to be made. Um, so we decide to Dual compromise and play it a little bit more natural uh, when we go to meet Roxy. Um, So we zap down the street uh, and we approach Roxy's address with our mailman persona at the ready. Um, We knock on the door, uh, ready to approach in a more normal human way, and we wait. So we are not greeted at the door by Roxy, but by Alpha Rose. Hello, (laughs) ma'am. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Uh, we get a familiar impression of her. Uh, but we have no clue what's going on as MSPA reader. As MSPA reader. Um, she knows who we are, uh, as everybody who seems to have an inkling of what's going on in this universe does. Um, but uh, claims that, personally, we've never met. Uh, we press her a little bit, um, and we can accuse her of being a catfish for our first bad ending. Um, if we do so, she uh, kind of una reverses it back at us. Um, asks if we really know what's going on, and we are left to kind of spin there, like, I guess we don't really know what's going on. That was wild. uh, Instead, if we choose to, uh, rather than accuse her of lying about uh, her identity and being like fake catfish Roxy, um, we use our brains for 15 seconds, and we think, oh, uh... Perhaps this is perhaps Roxy has a more normal household. Maybe this is Roxy's mom. Uh, let's ask if Roxy is home, and so we do. Um, Alpha Rose is uh, briefly frozen at the mention of her name, um, and it takes her a moment to process this. Uh, and she says the line that she says back to us is: um, "It's something along the lines of: uh, along the lines of um, Do you think you've uh, experienced every?" iteration of an emotion possible until, what does she call it? She calls this like a, an agent of narrative, uh, she calls it like something narrative. Um, but, uh, in, uh, you think that you've processed every version of emotion possible until some chump shows up at your door uh, and reminds you of uh, yet another way you can experience the feeling of acute loss, is basically along the lines of what she says. Um, forgive me for not writing the whole quote down. Um... But she says that, uh, and then she confirms that Roxy is not home, and she will not be home for a very long time. Uh, She gives us kind of a wink-wink, it says, but I'm sure that, she says, uh, well, I'm sure that you can wait around for it, um, and she gives us kind of a wink-wink to nudge us in the direction of the solution to our problem. Uh, She shuts the door, and we are left, again, spinning a little bit, but this time with a better idea of what to do. Uh, so taking the hint, uh, we sit and we wait for a very long time. Um, years and years and years pass around us. Uh, I imagine this part is when you, uh, hit the Phantom Blunt in Metal Gear Solid 5 and time (laughs) passes really fast around Snake. Um, but the idea is that we we are now in the future. We're now in Roxy's timeline. Um, so we we've after, so we travel through the future until we stop at just the right post-apocalypse, uh, and we knock on the front door of the now- dilapidated Elon uh, household um, Roxy answers this time with a pumpkin in tow and uh, she assumes that we are uh, one of the chess guys and gives us the pumpkin um, but is not prepared for us to uh, when accepting it to thank her and uh, address her directly by name um, so we take the gourd uh, and she uh, and we're like thank you Roxy and she freaks out. And Roxy goes back inside. Um, Roxy says, hang on, uh, I-, I need a minute here. Uh, she goes back inside, uh, and we don't hear much else from her for the rest of the night. Um, so we are left stranded outside on the doorstep um, with our pumpkin in hand. Uh, some care patients approach, and we regift them the pumpkin. Um, and we make a note that uh, these guys seem pretty chill. Uh, after a little bit, uh, we once again feel the compulsion to make a choice on uh, a, a decision menu pops up. Um, unlike previous times though, uh, when we click on the options in this decision menu, uh, we are met by starky comments presumably from MSP reader themselves. Um, which is cool, interesting. Uh, we're getting somewhere with Ooh. MSPAR uh, and and us as we're, this relationship is 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 um, there's some death being added to it, um. So yeah, so MSP reader uh, rejects every choice uh, to either break and enter or go and do something else uh, or go and hang out with somebody else, um, and just kind of sits around and waits and waits and waits for Roxy to make good on her promise. And in the morning, um, she does. Uh, our patience is rewarded. Roxy opens the door, um, to give another shot at talking to us, um. After confirming that we are, in fact, real and not a hallucination, uh, she invites us inside. Uh, We explain to Roxy that we know her from talking to her friends uh, already, uh, which gives her the context for who we are and what we've been up to. Um, Roxy, as many people already have been, is already aware that there's a mysterious mailman in the neighborhood who is befriending uh, her friend group. Um, Roxy... uh, Complains about Jane's ineffective communication skills as to us being an alien, and then notes that uh, communication between her and Jane has been strained in general, though, and it's not our fault. Um, We apologize to one another for a a less-than-ideal first encounter. Um, Roxy confesses that after she saw us at the front door, uh, she freaked out so bad that she went back inside and just got wasted. Um, she needs, she describes it as she needed a sip of courage and that turned into a chug of courage and you know how those things go. Uh, and she ended up passing out on the floor, uh, before ever coming back to get us from the door. Um, we, uh, we decide to avoid the alcohol conversation for now, uh, electing that it's a bit out of our, out of our, uh, purview at this exact moment. Um... And uh, instead, we offer to uh, act out our first meeting again and uh, do it right this time. Um, Roxy is uh, really jazzed about this idea and does a little role play where she mimes uh, opening her door and inviting us in, and uh, we share and and on on this going well and our reenactment, we do share a awkwardly long but evidently much needed hug. Um, after, uh, enjoying each other's embrace for just a little bit, uh, we separate, and uh, now that the friendship ritual is complete, uh, we can get to talking about the real tough shit. Um, so we sit down on the couch to talk, uh, so we ask Roxy first, um, if it's, she really has never had face-to-face contact with another person before, uh, she mentioned that when we first showed up that that was the first time anyone ever said her name to her, and that was what freaked her out so bad. Um, and she says, yeah, uh, I've been here alone the whole time. The chess guys are here. They're nice, but they're not quite on, uh, the same conversational level as you or I. Um, and besides that, the only memory, the only real contact I have was, uh, was Roxy, was her mom. Um, or the memory of her mom, rather. Uh, let's see. Roxy compares us to the chess guys, um... She notes that uh we have a kind of more person-like quality to us. Uh and she makes a curious comparison here where she compares us to uh I don't know if you're familiar with the children's story the velveteen rabbit. Um and she describes us being like a velveteen chess guy. Uh do you know that story? I don't. Okay. Um I do. Um so The Velveteen Rabbit is a book about a boys, uh, a young boy's stuffed toy rabbit. Um, and, uh, it's really, it's one of those, like, children's books that's, like, really fucking sad, actually. So the story of the book is that at the start of it, um, when he's a kid, uh, he gets this rabbit who, as he grows up, or he gets a little bit older, he kind of grows away from, um, but one day, uh, one of his other toys goes missing, and his mom brings in the rabbit out of his collection uh, to sleep to, to to comfort him to sleep with, um, and the rabbit becomes uh, the boy's favorite toy uh, over a couple of over the next span of time. Um, and the uh, the sad thing that happens in the story is that the boy uh, gets sick. And the doctors recommend that they burn all of his possessions and he moves uh, to a house in the seaside or whatever the fuck people used to do when they got sick. Um, and so they collect up all of the, the boys' toys and they throw the rabbit out with them in the garden. And before the uh, before they can come to collect the toys to burn them, uh, a fairy comes to the rabbit and says... uh you've done such a good job you've been so loved that uh you get the chance to be real now um and he goes into the forest and becomes a real rabbit and i'm tearing up because it was part of my childhood my mom always cried whenever she read it to me (laughs) damn um but yeah i think it's it's a very uh curious comparison to make to this story um especially the notion of like A fake person becoming real, uh, through the power of being loved by other people. I'm tearing up again. Damn. Give me a moment. It's getting real on this podcast. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This, (laughs) this, this is, is, there's a nerve in my brain that's weak to this one. Um, but yeah, I think that that's a, I wanted to bring that up before we got to the, uh, ending, uh, because I think that's a, really, really important little drop there, um, yeah. that's definitely on purpose. Um, and yeah, uh, this, this, <laughs> it, it got me, it, it got me intrigued, I'm not gonna lie, it's like, oh, oh shit, okay. This is something that matters a lot personally to me. Where were we? Um, so Roxy has, uh, com- Roxy ma- brings, brings up the, the story, um, and compares us to the, to, rab- to the rabbit. Um, So we ask Roxy about her mom, uh, who Roxy, explains, died long before she ever got here. Um, She says that she left supplies for her, uh, playing to read, um, playing to eat, playing to drink. um, But uh, they never met in person, um, and that really is weighing on her. Um, As we learn more about... uh, how Roxy came to be here, um, and the unique circumstances of her uh, relationship with her mother. Um, synapses in our brain uh, slowly start to fire, um, and we begin to figure out the multiple the existence of multiple universes. Um, we excuse ourselves from our conversation with Roxy briefly to test our hypothesis, uh, and we zap back in time to visit uh, Alpha Rose again, real quick. Um, she's not happy that we came back here. She warned us again. Uh, hey. Stop. This is important. Just chill out. Um, and we're like, okay, sorry, ma'am. And then we decide. Then uh, we go and we zap off to visit Alpha Rose, or Beta Rose. Sorry. Um, and the feeling that we get in our gut when we zap back and forth between uh past and future versus two different realities entirely confirms our suspicions that there are there's a two universe thing going on here. Um. So we return to Roxy. Uh so we explain to Roxy um our alternate universe all we explain our alternate universes theory to Roxy um and we relate it to the metaphor that we choose to use is uh it's like looking at an inside out mirror with every cell of your body um which uh Roxy quite likes the the concept of She notes um She's also quite into the concept of being able to zap around the universe uh, to any time and place and uh, hang out with uh, any of her numerous moms she just discovered she has. Um, Roxy very excited to le- Roxy's very excited at the idea of uh, having not one mom that she can now visit, but in actually two. Uh, unfortunately, we have to let her down and say, "Hey." Uh, I'm sorry, but we were just there to talk to your real mom who matters everything who means everything to you and you spent your whole life uh aspiring to know and to, to, to know and to be like. Um but you can't uh you, you can't go back and see her. Sorry. She said no more visitors. Um, Roxy is absolutely heartbroken at this revelation. Um It's complete completely unfair, uh, from her perspective, that we get to hang out with Rose and not her, uh, but she doesn't really press us, she gets really... She doesn't press us directly, she gets very sad, um, and it really starts to work at us. Uh, she talks about how before the whole, uh, how before there were, uh, we came to talk to Jane, uh, she was really apprehensive about the whole idea of playing the game, but when... Jane told her, hey, plans off. Uh, she realized that she had hoped that she could have used the game to meet her mother in some way. Um, and that being taken away from her, uh, just as she start, came to realize it and start to anticipate the game, uh, really hurt her. And now she's living through the same experience, uh, having us come to her and be like, hey, we can travel anywhere in time, but not here. Um, And... After this, after she gives us this uh, heartfelt appeal, uh, a choice appears. Um, We can say, fuck it, let's go back and visit Rose again, or, uh, you know what, that sounds great and all, but we've got, there are other things besides just your mom. So if we say, fuck it, uh, we visit Rose again. Um, Roxy proposes a drink for Nerves, um, but before we can shoot her down, uh, it's like, no, if my mom wants to drink, then she'll have some, I'm sure. Um, and we, we zap right on back. Um, so we're at the door again, uh, Rose greets us and she begins to chew us out before she sees Roxy there. And I do not know if I can do this justice. Um, they share a moment, uh, that is heartbreaking. Um, it is wonderful. Uh, I love it. It's really sad. Uh, where Roxy, uh, realizes who Rose is and Rose realizes and Rose like, they're like, Hey. Um, and they realize that this is a moment that they, this is their one chance. Um, and Roxy, so, a, a meet, uh, we see a light flash overhead, and Rose pulls us indoors hurriedly. Um, she, so, and Rose, uh, urges us to leave as soon as possible before, uh, anything is lost more than it already has been. Um, and she... Uh, we see her uh, holding uh, Roxy and like giving her a touch on the cheek before we have to grab her and zap her back um, as the house starts to rumble. Uh, once we're back in Roxy's time, um, the house has been clearly downgraded in some way. Uh, it has been destroyed and rebuilt in much the same way that all the other houses around have been with that shoddy uh, chess guy patch job. Um, and we consider uh we can only sit and consider what might have happened as as a result else of us uh alerting the kines to rose's presence um roxy uh pleads with us not to leave her um having lost one of the only things that ever mattered to her in life um and we don't have the willpower to do anything besides sit on the couch next to her and uh try to drown our sorrows away so that's the bad ending for, Ro- for Roxy's route. Damn! Um... What were they cooking?
1: What? Jesus!
0: Um, if we choose the other option, this is significantly more lighthearted. Um, we're like, hey, you know, moms are great and all, but you've got a whole suite of friends to meet, and uh, I can help you make that happen. Um... Roxy is uh, overwhelmed at the notion of being able to meet any of her friends um, and would rather just spend some time with us uh, getting accumulated the whole socialization thing before moving on to uh, greater horizons like that. So we take her to a, uh, a rocky cliffside overseeing a big sprawling forest in the sunset, um, beautiful nature vista. and. Uh, we watch as Roxy is just overwhelmed by the the natural beauty of the Overlook. Um, so we sit in silence for a little bit, just chilling as friends do in a nice little friendly way, um, before, uh, Roxy brings up, uh, our, our mutual friends and, uh, starts to dig, we get to dig into the drama a little bit. Um, Roxy asks us, uh, Specifically, if we've met Dirk yet, um she's like, "Well, I heard a lot about you from Jake and Jane, but uh Dirk, I guess I assume that me i I assume that he, I would like to think that he would let me know, but it's also possible that he was hanging on to this until he was ready to share the experience. So can you tell me if you've met Dirk yet?" And we say, "Nope, we've heard a lot about it from Jake, so. Uh, Roxy is like, oh, you've heard about him from Jake, huh? And offers to let us in on the drama, uh, which she does, um, gives us the basic rundown, you know, uh, Jane and Dirk are chasing after Jake. Jake is, from her perspective, uh, could go for anybody. Um, and she's kind of over on the side chasing after Dirk or pining after Dirk a little bit. Um, we smell something off about the way that she talks about Dirk and we ask her if she likes him or if she's jealous of him, uh, to which she's like, wow, you fucking call me out like that already, huh? Uh, she explains that, um, or not even explains, uh, she, uh, tries to articulate, uh, the, the forces pulling on her in life and how there's part of her that is aspirational and, and sees her mother as somebody to, uh, aspire to be, and there's the other part of her who was pulled towards dark in the same way. Um, she hasn't quite figured out a way to articulate these feelings yet, but it's, it's we we recognize we recognize a little bit of this as as experienced candy readers. Um, wait, no, that was uh meat meat. Okay. Yeah, I get my epilogues back. Okay, as experienced meat readers, we recognize what's going on here. Um. Uh, we respond um honestly and we say you know uh my impression here is that uh these issues of your own identity that you're struggling with are probably a bit bigger than just dirk or just your mom um and so i wouldn't worry too much about how dirk as an individual plays into whatever you're feeling for dirk or envious of dirk in this capacity um And we tell her, you know, uh, a lot of things, what's the, the exact, uh, what's the exact metaphor that you, um, a lot of locks in your brain, uh, become unlockable once you just realize they're there, is what we say to her. Um, Roxy thanks us for talking this out and for opening up the world for her in a way that it wasn't before. Um, and we share in our friendship, uh in the sun and we back as we bask in the sunset we take a selfie together to commiserate. and that is uh roxy's route uh more or less what a what a good route this is so good i mean i i, I feel like that was my feelings that were evident by me like holding back tears the entire time but like no, I, me, this I, one's really good. i
1: i get it uh this route this route's up there this is definitely one of the the really 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 good ones yeah yeah uh i that that bad end i it it got me the first time i read it ba- back when it came out uh uh-huh. it had me crying and i was like i know what happens this time surely i can handle it uh i could not
0: <laughs> it's rough it's rough uh i i, I wasn't like I wasn't in, in, I wasn't bawling, yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's, you you can, you can hear, you can hear. It's, it's hard on me.
1: It's, it's, it's some, it's some prime sad stuck content.
0: Uh, it's, <laughs> I was avoiding using that word, <laughs> I, but you are correct.
1: Listen, we, we very rarely get to use the actual, we, we rarely get to say sad stuck and actually be referring to something in homestuck, uh, <laughs> I, I I think when it's referred to actual homestuck content, it's fine. We can say it. It's it's a it's yeah, it's, it's a yeah. word that's okay to say.
0: I I didn't want to I didn't want to do anything that might cheapen the impact. Um, but yeah, it's it's if there's ever an appropriate time to say it, it might be this one. Um, yeah, I I really really love I really really loved this. Um, the the choice of like um being able to another another case of like uh something that we we think we can fix the situation um and just make it worse uh but it's in like such a it's so different from the other like the the other like shockingly bad ending is the uh Nepeto one right yeah um but there's like the the moment between uh Roxy and Rose in this is like so like devastating. It's it's just on a tier of its own. Yeah. Um
1: and then and then there's the fact uh, uh how how Roxy reacts like when when you go back to the future like yeah. that that shit that hurts.
0: Mm-hmm Cause yeah the the insinuation is that Rose died in the attack and yeah. there was a lot less left for her left for Roxy than before. Yeah. Um yeah the being able like the the trade off of like giving Roxy like that one moment uh with her mom in person versus like taking away the rest of it for the rest of her life is like it's just horrible <laughs> um yeah it is it's a it's it, it is it, it is a decision it is a decision um but yeah i i really like the uh, i don't know I I want to say I want to say uh, stuff about the good ending too, but I just feel a lot less strongly about it. I think I think it's good. I think it's really good, but it is, it is not the same. I don't know. Yeah, I get it. <sighs> so, okay. What well, 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 give, give me your thoughts on? It. Let, let me recover here for get, look, talk for a minute. Talk for a minute.
1: Uh, <laughs> like I said, this is a really good one. I really like this one. Uh mm-hmm. one of the things I like about it is. It it approaches Roxy in a way that I feel is kind of unexpected. Uh, alcoholism is like a big theme with the yeah. Uh and that was handled in Rose's route in a way, uh, and you you would expect to it like be handled again uh, with Roxy. It it just kind of skirts around it and and approaches Roxy in a way that I think is a little, little more interesting th- yeah. than it just becoming oh we have to figure out how to make her stop being an alcoholic, ah uh, yeah because it, it really gets to like deeper issues than just solve the alcoholism because there are like issues further down that wouldn't be solved by solving the alcoholism.
0: Yeah, yeah. I it approaches like the alcoholism is not the what is really like giving Roxy a hard time in her life. Yeah, it it is it is not easy to be an alcoholic. (laughs) I'll I'll I'll, I'll give you that, but yeah, the the approach here is not that uh, the the the, she is an alcoholic because of other reasons. It's 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 we're tackling the deeper roots here. Yeah, and I, I do like I think that is. It's it's respectful to Roxy as a character in a way that I really like. Cause I think that Roxy has kind of earned being a homestuck character. Yeah. Um Yeah. Uh the uh, Yeah, it just um I feel like the the strength of this is that it conveys Roxy's isolation in like a really potent way and it reminds you of it throughout in uh in ways that like stick with it. Um like the the hug you share at the beginning is like that goes a long way in like impressioning upon us that like Roxy is really alone. Um and like providing like just giving Roxy contact is like the most important thing that we can do for her.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and yeah, I, I think that it just does a good job of like showing of like illustrating that. Um the like you said, the way that the bad end like ends where Roxy is just desperate for like just just desperate for us not to leave her again, um now that she's had this known this experience of not being alone anymore, um, and us being unable to do anything besides be with her even though we know that what we like we've done more harm to her than anybody else possibly could. Um, yeah, it, it does a really, really good job of, of establishing what rock, like what Roxy is afraid of and like what, uh, drives her. Yeah. Um, I really, really like it. I really, really like it. Um, the, I think that the, uh, the, like it brings it, it brings the meat discussion of Roxy's gender around in a in a good way as well i think um where it's like i I think it does a good job of like coming back and tying that into uh kind of roxy's pre-epilogues homestuck definition of like being the void character yeah uh i liked the way that it bridged that gap of it being like uh roxy is the void character roxy feels like doesn't have like roxy lacks an a self-image of her own and is like trying to assert like try it, it is um seeking that from her mom or dirk and then that man like that i i'm i'm probably sounding uh, it's it probably sounding like complete nonsense but like do you understand what i'm trying to i'm, I'm, I'm trying not to get not out picking here picking
1: up what you're putting down
0: yeah i i like the way that it, it like frames I think it frames Roxy's, like, the the notion of, like, Roxy having an identity crisis a lot more, uh, understandably, uh, in the same paradigm as, like, Roxy being the Rogue of Void. Is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it, it does, a, just just really, we did a really fucking good job on this one. Uh, this, this is, this, I think that, uh all throughout we've saved the best for last year with this last reading and this it, it 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 is part of that this is this is one of the best ones for sure you're so right
1: uh unfortunately this route was another one that was surrounded by a bit of controversy
0: i can't stand the home and it's
1: for a reason that you probably wouldn't expect oh um
0: for th- is it because they're black
1: yeah uh, they, uh for, yep. for, for for those who who aren't aware and aren't invested in like homestuck fandom shit uh there are pretty large segments of the fandom who have a bit of a racism problem <sighs> uh one could say one, that. one could say that uh i i I, I think it's more noticeable. In the the Instagram home stocks, for some reason, they're
0: just saying the craziest shit over there. Something about it, like I don't know if Instagram just has like no content moderation or what. People just say shit on there. Yeah, uh, I, I guess like you can't tell people to kill themselves on Twitter anymore, so I guess it makes sense. But yeah, C- continue. Yeah, uh,
1: but uh, as you can tell by the Roxy sprites, uh, her hair has a bit of texture to it, mm-hmm. and. Some people had a problem with that. <laughs> now, the the artist who drew these sprites is is a black artist, and he's he's probably my favorite homestuck artist. Uh big shout-outs to Haven Vintage Foods. Uh mm. hugely talented artist. Uh but he decided to make Roxy's hair more textured. And I don't know if this was a him decision or a what pumpkin decision. It doesn't matter. Uh it does it not matter? It, at it, it, re- all. it really does not matter. But the second these sprites were revealed you had people coming out of the woodwork saying uh why does she look so masculine why whoa why <sighs> why does her hair look like a nasty cloud and it's like dude
0: oh my god dude
1: <laughs> um i i think the biggest that's
0: just racist that that's just right ra- that is that is that is just racist. That's just racist. Here,
1: here's the solution that Instagram Home Sucks came up with. This, this sprite redraw oh. came out pretty quick, and this was this. I don't want to look. This, this image was a fucking plague. White woman scare. <laughs> they, they,
0: they whiteified <sighs> her. Is, they. <laughs> this is the most like shit. This is like, what is a good? What is like a good thing to compare this to? Um this is a like this is a deeply evil image. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing about it from like one of those things where like if you know nothing about it, there's just it's like, okay, whatever. But like knowing the context of this is the most racist thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Um, and like I only mean that like 30% as a joke.
1: There was another picture that was a bit of a plague. I don't know how easy it is to find. Uh, but somebody also edited the, the rose sprites. Stop. And, 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 and they like, uh, they like dropper tooled their skin tones to be like pasty white, but not in like a homestuck white way, like an actual white skin tone way. Like a Caucasian way. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> I don't want to see that one. I, I, I'm not, not I'm that not
1: going to try to find it. And I, I really hate it. And, it's, it scares me, uh, but this when this when these rights were announced, people just started acting different. Like it was a new world. Uh, it felt like it was like twenty twelve, ho- Homestuck race discourse again, where everybody was like, "No, they're white. The wh- white stuck is real."
0: <laughs> it doesn't matter. Oh my god, I hate Homestuck fans. It was a nightmare. This is a it's it's a okay. This is a small condition. I don't hate all homesick fans for this, but Jesus Christ! This okay. The for context, anybody who's wondering, the image that we're looking at is just Roxy's. <laughs> uh, it's just a white version of Roxy's uh, sprite. It is just and it is like just a redraw that is just like a bland, generic, like just generic, like no racial signifiers. Uh, Roxy, it, which is like I said, you know. Whatever, that's Roxy Lalonde. But in the in the context of knowing this is in response to an official property, an official project, uh, having a more um, like black depict having a black depiction of Roxy. This is just the most fucking offensive thing I've ever seen.
1: Yeah. Uh, again, huge shout outs to Haven at Vintage Foods underscore on Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. he also drew Gamzee Vriska and Nepeta, so.
0: All great. All, all, all great. all
1: really good. Uh he does a lot of X-Men art, which I
0: like. <laughs> X-Men's pretty cool. I have never read an X-Men comic in my life, but uh I've played them all versus Capcom 2 and 3, so like that counts.
1: Yeah. His his non sprite work is like really dynamic and really cool, and I yeah. really love it. It's always a pleasure when he posts something.
0: Okay. Alright. Anyways. Shut, sh- shout out to vintage foods, yes for for the good Roxy spray. Now, now, now that we ripped that bandaid off, <laughs> the, I'm sorry. Like the ro- like the rose one too is like unbelievable to me because like how do I how do I say this? Like the the rose one is like a lot less like obviously black. Um, if like you're not approaching it, like I. Didn't like in my head, like as a white Homestuck fan who has been a white Homestuck fan for ten years. Like I kind of like you know you 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 yeah like I have like the white default for most of these characters in my head still, um and like the Rose one is like you know like she like once I saw once I like I saw Roxy like I could realize like oh okay so I I could like see it more with the Rose Sprite but like the that somebody felt like so endangered by this, they had to edit like not only like Roxy's like curly hair front, like like not only that, but like also just go back and do the rose one. Like that is just oh my god, that ma- that is sickening. Yeah, I'm sorry. I we should not be talking about this for this long. That is just oh, <laughs> oh my god. Okay, um, that is that is a really sad blemish on what is like one of the best routes in this whole fucking thing. Yeah. Um, this one is really good. I, I I just want to reframe that one before moving. This one was really fucking good. Hell yeah. Um, do you want to do dirt?
1: Yes. Move on from the negativity. Talk about more good stuff. Let's talk about let's 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 talk about the big one. Let's talk ab- let's, let's talk about
0: the kind of finale. Let's do this thing. It's it, it's part and parcel the finale. Yeah. Okay, so. Uh, let's not beat around the bush. Uh, we've been having a good time out here, uh, on Alternia, on Earth. Uh, we've been, uh, living, laughing, loving, shitting, farting. But, uh, at the end of all this, um, whatever we've heard about him from, whoever we've heard about him from, uh, it's time that we go and just meet Dirk. So let's do it. So, we zap to Dirk's, uh, where we fucking fall a hundred stories and almost get owned by the ocean. Um, before we realize what's going on. Uh, we save ourselves from getting splatted on the uh, surface of the sea uh, like uh, into a million tiny pieces. Um, we pull ourselves up into uh, a weird little man cave setup that Dirk appears to have going on right down at the bottom of his uh, tower he lives <laughs> on. <sighs> I, this is one of my favorite like little uh, creative liberties I've ever seen in one of these backgrounds, by the way. Um, yeah, the, the, the I li- Dirk man came at sea level. I,
1: I, I like the line where it's like from far enough away, you wouldn't notice it because like we see shots of, uh, Dirk's house from afar in, in Homestuck mm-hmm. and, and it wouldn't be visible. That's a,
0: that's a good way to, they don't need to lampshade this one at all. Like you can just be like, yeah, we thought that this would work for Dirk. And I'd be like, yeah, that works for Dirk. I, I buy it. Um, but yeah, uh, we, we are, we, we pull ourselves up into, on a Dirk's, uh, shitty little man cave platform he's got down at the bottom of his, uh, his tower. Um, AR starts to kind of fuck with us a bit over the speakers, um, I don't think he says anything too noteworthy or important, uh, although you correct me if me from wrong, uh, before Dirk shows up to, uh, get the party started for real. Um... So yeah, uh, Dirk uh, boards down the tower um, and is like, "Hey, uh, you're the alien, right? What's good?" Um, he casually explains AR's presence away over the speakers, um, as interfering with a friendship in progress. Uh, which pff, all of the all of the lights in our brain uh, go off at once. Uh, in in hearing this, um, Dirk already knows what our game is. Um, and he is uh ready and willing to befriend the fuck out of us as he would say. Uh he expects us to perform at our at our at our best. So uh he is like all right so let's do this thing. Uh, I've got a whole laundry list of problems that I've got here to prepare to talk about. Uh let's do it. Uh, and he he gives you he he stares you down uh, as if to challenge us to uh to make our move. Um are uh so we're a little bit put off by Dirk's uh eagerness to befriend us and his um what we perceive as his calculatedly his uh precisely calculated casualness. Um, we elect to instead of uh asking about his laundry list of problems, we extend him to him his first ever uh fist bump, which he accepts as a correct answer. Hell um, yeah! Hell yeah! Uh. So on completion of uh the the bro ship ritual uh Dirk asks us what's next. Um so we look around we see the scuba suit uh sc- sc- s- wow. Okay. We look around we see the scuba suit uh on the platform um and we're like hey why don't we go scuba diving. Dirk's like no that doesn't seem like a very good idea to me. Uh I didn't build that thing for you and I built it for looks instead of uh weight anyway so you'd probably sink like a piece of shit. Um, and we have a brief vision of us sitting like a dumb- sinking into the ocean and dying like a dumb piece of shit. Uh, weird. Uh, a bad ending avoided. Averted. Uh, we decide to just hang out at Dirk's place instead. Um, Dirk, uh, offers to take us uh, on a rocket board ride up, uh, which we accept. Um, and on the way up, we, uh, we make note of Dirk's, uh, natural confidence in the rumble of the physical, um, more so than the realm of socialization, uh, when he's bo- when he's rocket boarding up, we there there's a there's a moment where M.S.P. Reader, like observes like he seems to be really in his element, he's in the zone, uh, much more so than before, is how it's uh compared. Um, so we get up to the top, uh, and Dirk invites us indoors, uh, where we survey his uh carefully presented bitchin' cool room, um. He's got the cinder blocks. He's got the DJ table. He's got the horse. He's got the katanas. He's got the whole, all the works. Got Cal. You know, it. it's it's a party up in here. Um, so we uh we riff with him back and forth a little bit on his room. Uh, we're like, yo, Martha Stewart would cry, and he's like, my feng sh- my cinder block feng shui is immaculate. Um, and uh, it's, we start to loosen up, and uh, Dirk is a little bit friendlier with us. Um, we ask exactly what it is that we could have found, uh, if we decided to go stube diving. Um, Dirk nonchalantly is like, oh, just the remains of 21st century human civilization, no big deal. Um, and we're like, wow, that seems like kind of a big deal. Uh, Dirk expresses his frustration with this arrangement, um, and, uh, he, he can, he compares it, uh, he makes a metaphor as to the ocean is both a uh it's a it's a literal uh manifestation of him being cut off from uh the rest of human civilization it's very poetic uh we try to offer other avenues for conversation um friends uh what was going on with the autoresponder all that uh but as we walk around and uh put on a bit of a show, uh, our theatrics got short by Dirk being like, hey, don't lean on that sword right there, that's another bad end. And we have a vision of, uh, oh, that would have been another bad end, probably, if we had leaned on that sword. Uh, that was sharp. Um, so we're getting visions of ourselves dying, uh, but not having to reset again. It's another one of these routes, fun one. Um, uh, Dirk also interrupts this conversation at this point to, uh, grab the sword. From the corner of his room, and give it to us, and be like, "Hey, can you see if you can use this real quick?" And we find out we can, so there's that. Um, Dirk takes the sword back from us and is like, "Okay, uh, back to the real shit. Uh, let's let's talk about let's talk about Dirk's friends." Um, so we offer to use our powers to take him to Jake, uh, which he isn't immediately thrilled at the idea of. Um, he responds like, come on, that makes it feel cheap. Don't make me, uh, like, you going to just do that without making me work for it first. Um, we respond with, well, now that you're not playing the game anymore, this is kind of your one chance, right? You're not going to go into the medium, you're not going to see Jake, uh, the MSP Meter Express is kind of your only option here. Um, Dirk confidently responds that the game will still be played, um. And he's sure that he can get people to come around on it. It's the, the, it has been postponed, but he he knows them and he knows what they'll do. This rubs us the wrong way. Um, it does not strike us as, uh, as a as good thing that Dirk is just making all these choices for his friends or for people who he would call his friends. Um, and we are we we ask him why does why why do you think that you get to be the one who decides all this stuff? Um, Dirk is not, uh, not thrilled, uh, at this question. Um, he kind of tenses up a bit, um, and responds that it's not his choice, uh, to, that things have to play out like this. Um, he says there are bigger things going on, there have been bigger things going on since before I was born, uh, and I have an obligation to see them through, and I can't just, uh, what does he say? He says, like... I can't just, uh, fold all my cards on the table and then expect yours to work out like that. At which we are like, come on. We ask him to trust us. Uh, Dirk, at this, uh, it, uh, gets, the, the tension in the room amplifies, um, and Dirk is like, I have been trusting you when I let you into my house this morning, dude. Uh, the tent, there's, there's the tension in the room. Uh, is that sentence was not going anywhere. <laughs> um, the okay, uh, the tension in the room is alleviated, uh, somewhat by uh Dirk, uh, coming back after this and being like, okay, what can I do that would be a, that? What can I do to satisfy uh your metrics of trust uh, from your end? Give me an example. Um, and we're like, well, you could trust us and let us zap you around a little bit. Um, Dirk, uh, he starts to work himself up again. And he's like, well, of course, uh, I should, of course I would like to be the one in charge of deciding whether or not that i risk my own life. Um, but he stops himself and he extends a hand to us and he's like, you know what? Just do it. And we do, we zap up to the top of his tower. And when we get there, uh, he turns to us and he's like, crushed it. And I'm like, fuck yes, dude. We're gonna be friends with Dirk. This is so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. We we launch in, We start to launch into a little uh, our own little spiel about friendship and how maybe trusting others is good sometimes. And shouldn't this be empirical evidence that uh putting your faith in somebody else can have good results? Um. He cuts us off, but he's smiling, and the impression that we get of the situation is generally good. Um. And we think on how uh, Dirk is clearly needs this the amount that he's trying to be your friend just as hard as you're trying to be his. Um, so we are right, We're gearing up and we're ready to keep uh, keep going on this wonderful train. Um, and then we are interrupted uh, by another a mysterious force. <laughs> uh, Ultimate Dirk intrudes on our conversation. Um, oh hell yes. There's a there is a brief interlude uh where uh his text appears over the screen, um and he's not I wouldn't say making fun of, because I don't think he's having fun here. Um he's just really tearing apart uh Dirk looking at him from an outside perspective uh to us. He's like, oh my god, look how pathetic I was do we really need to do this? Uh, oh my god, you suck so fucking bad. You're gonna listen to this asshole. Like, um, Ultimate Dirk is really displeased with uh, how the display of weakness uh, that he perceives in the current Dirk that we're talking to. Um, I, I I gotta ask. Sure. How did
1: how did you feel at that that choice fake out?
0: Um. Like when I started clicking, and I'm like. Okay, what's going to happen? And then the the orange text appeared in the font and I'm like, "Ah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're bringing it all together now." Okay, okay. Um I, yeah, I was uh I was surprised. I didn't expect Ultimate Dirt to make an appearance. Um but I was not shocked. I was like, okay, we're doing this. We're doing this. I'm on board for this.
1: Yeah, back back in the first volume, when when you were like, yeah, John, how do you feel about like epilogue content being included in
0: this? I was like, man, he has no fucking (laughs) idea. (laughs) (laughs) What was he cooking? What were they cooking? Yeah, um, my, uh, my, my, my own answer to past Aiden is that epilogue content and this stuff is is pretty tight. Hell yeah. I, I I like more exploration of the epilogue stuff from another perspective. Um, yeah. Uh, Ultimate Dirk is here oh, to did, fuck with our route. Did, Sorry, isn't this technically your first time
1: like seeing seeing Ultimate Dirk? Or you probably saw art
0: of him that I retweeted. I've seen the uh, I've seen the album cover that he's on. Right, 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 right. Uh, I think that that is... That's all I can... That's, like, the main thing I remember. Because that, that was the first I ever saw the character, and I'm like, holy shit, why is he Kamina now? Um. I learned from this route that he's not really Kamina. He's, like, a really shitty, evil com- version of Kamina. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So. Alright. Uh. <laughs> uh. Back on... Let's get back on the rails. Uh. So... Ultimate Dirk is here. Um he, so yeah, he he negs the fuck out of Dirk uh before appearing, manifesting in a physical form. Um so Ultimate Dirk uh is uh, is is Dirk but grown up, uh much taller and more muscular. He's got his new and improved Prince of Heart outfit, which is mostly just uh Kamina from Gurren Lagann. Um, and he's got the, he, the, the sun, the, his, his shades are orange now, which is how you know that shit is truly real. Um, they've gone full anime knockoff. Um, so Ultimate Dirk addresses us directly, uh, first upon appearing, um, with a sincere request for us to please fuck off and leave Dirk alone. Um, he described himself as a busy man. He said, you know, I've seen you MS reader fucking around in this timeline before, but i uh, didn't want to do anything, I figured that you would problem would take care of itself. Uh, After all, creating a whole new species is a lot of work. Um, but now that you're here fucking with uh, my younger self, I can't let this slide anymore. Um, so Ultimate Dirk gives us, proposes to us that, uh, we leave, he fixes everything up and goes back to being God, and, uh, that's the deal. Fuck off. Um, we uh, reflexively decline his offer, um, to which he says, "I don't have time for this shit." And he flicks on the temple and uh, blesses/slash curses us with the knowledge of all Homestuck heretofore. This is a this uh, is a fucked up thing to do to a person. This is this is one of the worst things anybody has done to another person in in Homestuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the uh, collective weight of all of the knowledge at once knocks us out. When we wake, uh, we remember everything. Uh, Dirk is, uh, standing over us, uh, concerned for our safety, and even though now we know, um, who Ultimate Dirk is and where Dirk's life is going and all the shit that he's going to do in his life, we cannot help but still care about him and still want to be his friend. Uh, because we're we're, we're just a- we're just really nice like that. Um... That wasn't sarcastic. (laughs) Yeah. um, Ultimate Dirk uh, prompts us to explain himself to Dirk. um, And says, don't worry, if you fuck this up, I'll correct you. And we're like, I bet you will, buddy. Uh, So we explain it to him. We're like, this is Ultimate Dirk. This is all of you bundled together um, in one insane neurotic package uh, who is Going to, in the future, do a whole lot of horrible shit to a lot of people that you care about a lot. Uh, towards the end of obtaining a future where you all play the game again, the same as you're trying to do here, Dirk. Um, as we, uh, as we talk to Dirk, the Dirks and we observe, uh, Ultimate Dirk's mannerisms and his motivations, uh, MSPA Reader uh, feels a rising tide of hatred uh, for this horrible, horrible man. Um, On the basis of him being a dick to Dirk, uh, of him working so hard to undermine everything that we've done so far in the story. Um, And we feel really at this point that uh, canon be damned, uh, making the species be damned, whatever the hell Ultimate Dirk is up to, our loyalty here is not to the story itself, but to the characters, and we'll be damned. Uh, we'll be damned if we're gonna let uh, Dirk at this point get uh, go down the same path. Um, and we vend- We express as much to Dirk. We're like, fuck this dude. Uh, he's horrible. Uh, he's going to um do like he's gonna do all this horrible shit. Uh, And he stands uh, against everything that we're working towards here today. So fuck this guy. Uh, Ultimate Dirk uh, responds to this. He sees this as a bit of a challenge. Um, And he's like, hey, listen, uh, Dirk, don't listen to that fucking alien kiddo. I was you once. I know what it's like to be you. I know what it's like to be at this point in your life. And I can promise something that the MSPA reader can't. Which is, I can promise you uh, the ability to know yourself, to become stronger, to become like me. Um, to have everything, all the answers that you ever wanted. And we can tell that this promise is not lost on Dirk. Um, and we begin to feel like maybe we're in over our head here. Uh, we start to race to think of who, uh, who we could bring in as backup to help resolve the situation. Um, and we start to run through options in our head. Can't be Jake. No way. Uh, one of the trolls, probably not. Um, and Dirk, uh, Ultimate Dirk, reads into our head as we do this, and, uh, he laughs at us. And he's like, well, you know what? Sure, I'm so confident that Dirk will come with me at the end of this that I will leave you to your own devices. And you can work him however you want. But I'm gonna come back, and when I'm back here, uh, we'll see what happens at go time. And he leaves. So, uh, it occurs to us the, who we need to bring here to Dirk. And we tell Dirk to hold up. We'll be right back. And we zap to Candy. And we find Candy Dave. <gasps> and we're like, "Hey, Candy Dave, I know that you're going through a lot of shit right now. Can you help me with my Dirk?" And uh, we invoke the holy name of Olive Garden. Um, in a request, and that is. Uh Olive Garden and Dirk is enough for Dave to hear for him to be like, "You know what, uh, little buddy? I don't know who the fuck you are. we're not we don't share a timeline, um, but I'll come and I'll help and so we come back with Dave and tow and th- the the family moments in this one, man it's not fair it's it, not it's fair. not fair <laughs> um. So yeah, we we bring we bring uh, Candy Dave back to meet Dirk, um, and they share one of those initial strutter moments. They're like, "Yo, what's good?" Um, and Dave is like, "Holy shit! I didn't think that th- I I did not realize that this would be this this hard." Um, and uh, Dave immediately pulls Dirk into a hug, um, and it is is very very sweet. Um, so uh as ms pre-reader we pull back for a minute and we let them have a bit of. we let them start the discussion uh and we start to reflect on what friendship means uh to us and to different people and we think about uh how for some people uh friendship uh, needs to be a way for them to see what's lovable about themselves um and An avenue to understand why somebody might want to be friends with them, um, and we hope to God's sake that that's Dirk and that that's what Dirk needs, um. So we go, we 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 zoom back into the Strider conversation, uh, as it resumes, um, and just in time, uh, to see Dave dismiss the notion of canon as just some shit that some asshole somewhere came up with. From his perspective, it doesn't seem to matter all that much. Um, And he urges Dirk to listen to the people in his life who like him just for him. Because those people are the ones who are going to tell you shit that matters. They're going to be the ones who are honest with you. Um, And his final conclusion, uh, and the thing that he's like, this is what I would say to you, is it's okay to not have all the answers. Um, Yeah. Uh, we get a we get a brief moment of levity, uh, before Ultimate Dirk returns. Um, Dirk decides to break up this moment by being like, "All right, I have to interrupt this just to let you know, Dave. But our friend here can use the sword." And Dave's like, "Oh hell yeah, that's so fucking tight." And then Ultimate Dirk shows up again. That that was just a step too far in terms of brotherly bonding that might steal Dirk away from him. So, uh. Ultimate Dirk, uh, has come back pissed. Um, although he, that might just be his default mode. We're not sure. Um, he tells Dirk that, uh, plans have changed. Uh, he's coming with us. Um, and, or, er, he's coming with Ultimate, he, Dirk is coming with him. Um, game's off, but they have greater designs now. And, uh, you'd be really fucking sore to miss out on what I got, on what, uh, my plans are for you, little guy. Um, we start to feel the compulsion to make a choice uh, come over us, and we realize that it's just not right for us to make this choice for Dirk at this point. And we focus all of our retcon powers on taking that question, flipping it outwards, and giving it back to Dirk. And so Dirk is given the choice to either go with uh, his older self, or to trust MSP Reader and his brother from another universe. So, um... If we say no, or if if Dirk decides to trust Ultimate Dirk, um, he goes with him. He thanks us uh, for being friends with him and our efforts. Um, and it is extremely painful because we can tell the whole time that he's just faking it. Uh, and he and Ultimate Dirk zap away. Um, and we are left with a equally devastated Dave. Um, equally if not more devastated Dave on top of his stupid tower in the middle of the stupid ocean and we just feel like shit if uh, as Dirk we choose to trust our friends um, he stands up to Ultimate Dirk and tells him to move along Uh, get the Dirk from the next timeline who will go along with this, no need to be a sore loser but he's sticking around here Ultimate Dirk is like, that's fucking disgusting. I can't believe I have to watch this happen. Uh, Luckily, I'll forget about it when I get the next guy. And he fucks off. Um, Dirk is like, listen, buddy, uh, I don't know what the fuck just happened, but uh, after all that, this timeline better be good. Um, And uh, it it occurs to us that this whole thing was never about the good or the bad ending or the real or the fake ending, um, but really about... Whether this was dark ending or not, um, and us and the Striders uh, stand on top of his tower overlooking the sea, and we share a triumphant moment together. Um, yeah, we flip off the ocean, and that's
1: the ending. And nothing else happens after that.
0: It's beautiful. It's truly beautiful. Um, I, I, I. Uh, let's talk about this before we get into what happens immediately afterward. All okay, right. Okay. <sighs> The Dirk round is really, really good. It's
1: it's so good. Uh, we got we got a double feature of them knocking it out of the park.
0: It yes, what I said earlier about saving the best for last. This applies. This this is this is part of that. Um, I I love this. I love this as a way to. I I I just love this depiction of Dirk. I think this is such a good angle to To take it from, and it does such a good job at like making a character who we've come to hate after the epilogues into a very human, like very teenage, like person. Yeah. And I love it for that. I love it for that. Um, what what do you what do you think? What do you think? Uh, Dirk, good. Anything on here you like to comment on? Dirk,
1: good. Um, yes. I like it. I like this route. There's some small things I like. Uh, the The moments where MSPA reader gets flashes of like bad endings, uh, I I I like those moments because it 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 seems to be pointing at Dirk being the one in control here, mm-hmm. and, and 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 stopping those bad endings from happening. Uh, I like that. Um, I yeah. I love Ultimate Dirk showing up. Uh, it is cool. A, a a lot of people were mad about this because they thought Pester Quest was gonna be a feel good project detached from the epilogues entirely. Uh, which is why I like in in that first route. That's why I like emphasized the the Easter egg of Ultimate Dirk talking to Rose and, like, noticing something. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I-, I had to plant that seed to set everyone's expectations of him him showing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love that he's here. I, I love it when a ho- Homestuck is more than just standalone projects and they're interconnected because they're all meta and they have to yeah. kind of be
0: interconnected. Yeah. Um. I think Ultimate Dirk's inclusion works very well on a thematic level. Yeah,
1: um, definitely.
0: Especially in the afterward, uh, which we'll get to
1: roping Candy Dave into this. Uh, writers, I want to have a, a a strong discussion with you. Strongly worded discussion for her, her, hurting my fifties. Uh, Unironic
0: bravo! What pumpkin? It's good. Can,
1: Candy Dave being brought in. Uh, when this when this first came out, uh it, it at that point I had not, of course, reread the epilogues. Uh and I was kind of unsure about like the authenticity of my enjoyment of the epilogues. Uh-huh. And when Candy Dave shows up and he hugs Dirk and He's like, yeah, I lost my Dirk because of a decision he made, and like the level of understanding of Dirk, uh, mm-hmm. that shit hit me when when I first read it. It hit me again, uh, but the the power in that was like it like it 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 like made me feel like yeah, the epilogues were good actually, and I I mm-hmm. I cared a lot about what happened in those. Yeah. It's good. It's good shit. It, I, a lot of people like to say that like what happened with ultimate Dirk was proof that like the writing team doesn't understand Dirk or they were looking to just like ruin a character. But I feel like this route shows that like, at least the two writers that worked on this route understand Dirk as a character and care about Dirk as a character and show that Ultimate Dirk is not just this bastardization of a character that people care about. Mm-hmm.
0: There is a a, a a it is it is so believable when um Ultimate Dirk is like talking to Dirk and is like I know what it's like to be you. Yeah, when he's like when I know what I I've I've been you. When he's like I know what you want.
1: I know what path you want to go down. Like I, it's crazy. I'm like what? Yeah.
0: Uh, Dirk is such a good character. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I this was such an a like I don't want to <sighs> like I don't want to just say it, but like I think that this pastor like I think this route might have like saved Dirk for me. Um, I love the what I got out of this like the idea of Dirk as like um somebody who is uh motivated by um hi- by fear of uh not understanding everything or of being left in the dark or of just not having control um of his own situation um i think that the way that this uh route has like outlined that um and like show like th- the depiction of him as like being Desperate for friendship, but in his own kind of weird, fucked up way, where he has to like have this very precise, he has this very precisely calculated appearance that he's spent his whole life working on. Yeah. Um, that, uh, th- there's a line in there with that uh, where it's like, uh, we get the impression that Dirk would be, uh, less vulnerable without his sunglasses. Um, Dirk is like kind of like presented as like this inverse of Dave, where, uh, Dirk's, um, the 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 whole facade that dirk has kind of presented for himself is um is it it's a defense mechanism but it's a defense mechanism um that's like how do i even how how do what's the way to articulate this uh it's 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 um i don't know what the word for it would be because but like this is something that like i find relatable um of like try like overextending yourself to try to seem uh approachable or cool and making it just very clear to anybody who can tell what's going on that like you're what's really like th- that you're desperate like like he is yeah um and i i really like that it reframes it that way um because i think that that does a much uh it, it, it makes it 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 makes a lot of, like, Dirk's, like, standoffishness and, like, kind of weird behavior, like, a lot more understandable. Um, that, like, he's trying, he's desperately trying to be cool. Um, like, and and that, like, that, and, like, that's where his uh, aloofness and shit comes from. Like, that makes a lot more sense to me, like, now that I've seen him, like, as a, more of a vulnerable person than, like... Oh, Dirk is just like was just like kind of a weird manipulative guy on purpose as, at sixteen. Yeah. Um, rambling again. Um, yeah, I I think that it, it humanizes Dirk very well in that from that angle. Um, and yeah, I I like that it continues to ch- like present ultimate Dirk uh as being vulnerable in those same ways. He's just kind of like. Taken it all to uh, such an extreme degree that no one is going to step to him basically yeah Uh, i don't know if that made any sense but (laughs) it it made it, it, it it made sense in my head before i said it uh so if i make anything out of it congratulations um yeah uh there's like other little details in there that i liked a lot um like dirk being more i i did like the detail a lot of like dirk like being more uh comfortable just in in the mechanics of rocket boarding up to, uh, his house um, than he ever is talking to you. Like, I know that makes complete sense in the context of never having known anybody, but, like, I don't know. I like that. Shout out to all my fucking, uh, physically attuned people. And ch- I don't know what to say. So true. I don't know. I feel way more. I, 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 I related that a lot. Um. Yeah. Uh. <sighs>
1: <laughs> there's there there's other things about this route that I'd like to bring up. Uh as I said a couple episodes ago, uh Homestuck 2 had started at this point and mm-hmm. and was still running at this point. Uh for for you at least, this is your first exposure to the mention of the new species that Dirk is creating. Yeah. Uh which is a thing that If you feel like it, you can go read Homestuck 2 and see part of that process, because that's in there. I I think I will. Uh, I think I might do that. Yeah. Uh, Another thing about this this volume, uh, less about the volume itself and more about uh, it in relation to the podcast, uh, this reading was a little bit weird for me, (laughs) because as we all know... Uh, the podcast started on April 1st, 2020. That's the day mm-hmm. we we officially launched.
0: Uh That was our that was our April Fools prank yeah, on the world. Uh
1: the day that this volume came out was April 1st, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> uh I knew that like Pester Quest was ending that day, but I didn't know like on <laughs> it was going to end on the scale that it does. And my, my grand marketing plans of people searching Homestuck because of PesterQuest <laughs> ending uh and, and like stumbling across our podcast kind of blew up in my face because like if you searched Homestuck that day, uh it was near impossible.
0: It was not to, us. To, it was not
1: us. It it was everything else. Uh but yeah, we we've officially reached the point of the podcast was happening when this came out
0: <laughs> that, that is a beautiful way to come full circle i love that i love that for us <sighs> was, okay do you have anything else um, to say about dirk i i wanted to bring up uh this is like maybe a little bit silly and small scale but i do love the sword thing um it, it's it's so dumb and, like, it's such a, a, a callback for the, the Homestuck boomers who want to laugh at a thing from Homestuck. But, um, it is it is a beautiful little way to tie it all together. Dude, you know? what you, but, but... this has
1: implications.
0: Come on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we we can wield... Uh, is the implication that MSP Reader is the same species as Sweet Bro and Hella Jeff? Uh, probably, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my new theory. Uh,
1: obviously MSPA reader is gonna behead the batter witch with the sword. Oh, fuck!
0: Oh, fuck you're right. Oh, he's gonna behead Tavros because of yeah. the the Whirly bird comic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, unironically, I do really like it just as a way to kind of like this is this is a thing that they could bond about. Like, right? Like, um, uh, uh we've spent so long in character moping hell that like it. That's a fun, stupid little thing that unites all the striders across all the timelines, is the, the fucking stupid JPEG sword. Um, and I think that there is a little bit of poetic beauty in bringing that back as the thing that, like, brings them back together as brothers. Or as a thing that does it. I don't know. I like it a lot.
1: Um, uh, I I have a, I, have a, I have a question to posit you. Okay. Uh, in 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 the name of bringing up gay boy drama, uh, why doesn't Ultimate Dirk use meta narrative pa- powers to remove the tattoo from his arm? That he the the matching tattoo with with Jake that he got back in like the, the middle of Act Six.
0: If it's his weak spot, bro. <laughs>
1: if he's so over Jake, why is he still got that tattoo? <laughs>
0: He... That's one of the other things that Ultimate Dirk does bring up in the conversation with Dirk, is, like, uh, when he comes back and he's, like, um, like, plans off for the game, but uh, we have better, bigger plans now, um, he's like, you'll never know... He'll, like, you'll never know the carnal pleasures of being with Jake, but that's fine. Um, and we've been through this a bunch of times already before, but, like, again, another reminder of, like, you know, how... Dirk just becomes a fucking sociopath <laughs> by the time he's Ultimate Dirk. <laughs> like, all, like, another iteration of all, like, Jake just being a sex object to people. Poor Jake.
1: Poor Jake.
0: Um, okay. Uh, do you want to resume and, and talk about the, the afterword now? Let's
1: talk about the afterword. Okay, let's do let, let, let's, Do they do. stick the landing? Let's find out.
0: Let's, let's discuss. Okay, so... Uh, just when we think that all is well and done, um, and we've, 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 we've gotten Dirk to go his own way, uh, free of influence of his older, more evil self, um, we're, we're just sitting in the ending image, um, when suddenly, uh, Ultimate Dirk comes in and slashes through the UI and cuts us off, uh, to, into free fall through metanarrative space, um, as we fall through a hole in reality, we do exchange uh, a parting thumbs up with the striders which is which is awesome. Um, we find ourselves getting blasted down the spooky hallway uh towards the a god figure um and uh on impact we we wake up land having landed uh back in scratch's apartment again uh unlike before, it's not at any identifiable point uh in homestuck. Um, which, you know, you'd think it would be given that we, we know all the poem stuff now, right? Yeah. is not that crazy? Yeah., uh, we wander around a little bit uh, till we come across a a fight in progress between a familiar author and a new figure. Um, we get to see the latter uh shove Hussy uh, into the room behind her and slam the door uh, before she comes to approach us. So, this new figure. Um, introduces herself to us. Um, we recognize her uh from her aura uh immediately. We we are like oh shit, this is the evil opposing god figure at the end of the hallway. Oh fuck, I'm terrified of this person. Um, the director, as she introduced herself, uh, demonstrates her awesome power in this medium uh by addressing us using full voiceover through our computer speakers. Um MSP Reader is terrified. Uh she laughs at our reaction um, and says, Well, yeah, I guess that fits, you know. I'm not exactly a hero. Um uh or am I? Maybe I, maybe I'm the villain. Uh maybe I just uh kick that guy's ass and evil has triumphed. Maybe not. Who knows? Um This is the other laugh at the relative nature of the concept. Um She explains that uh, she did do all this. She's the one who wiped our memory and cut us off from our friends and sent us on this uh, grand uh, expedition. Um, and she apologizes and is like, "Well, to be fair, I couldn't really expect you to befriend all these kids if you already knew all of Homestuck already going into it. Um, it's it's like meeting a celebrity. Like you would never have uh, leveled with um, like." The examples you use, like, you never would have, uh, leveled with, uh, Equius or Nepeta in, a, in an honest way if you knew it was coming to them. Or, yeah. like, Dirk if you knew what he was going to do. Uh, you need to go into the clean slate to befriend them. Um, she again apologizes, um, and describes the kids of Homestuck as being fated for misery. They were simply, uh, created for a universe that is not kind to them. Um... But uh, through our actions, we were able to give them hope. We were able to uh, give them a-, a chance at a better future. Um, even th- and to our confusion, even though the real thing still exists, uh, our actions persist, and we should be proud of them. She says. Um, Ultimate Dirk once again intrudes. Um, the two of them have have a have a weird little uh, spat uh, where. He's like, this is all so stupid, even for you people. I can't believe this shit. Um, she like gives him shit for being all about swords, walking around with his guns out. Um, Ultimate Dirk is like, hey, you seem to have made a good amount of profit off how I look. Uh, and to which she's like, I would give the artist created. it's a it's a it's a converse it's a meta conversation. It goes on for a little bit. Um, whatever. Uh. Ultimate Dirk turns to us, um... And, uh... Decries, uh... How much bullshit that we've added to the story. I mean, for Christ's sakes. Giving Aridin a gender arc? I mean, come on. Like, what are we doing? Um... The director volunteers excited. Like, well, actually, there's a lot of room there for that to exist before Ultimate Dirk uh, shuts her down again. Um... He accuses us of having robbed the characters of their identity. Um for, uh, for our own purposes, um, and that, uh, happy people don't get to have stories written about them. Uh, we turn to the director, uh, to try to get an, uh, opposing viewpoint on this, but she does not offer one. Um, sadly, uh, she confirms, well, it's all been a fun experiment, but it is unfortunately time for us to go back and resolve everything we've done, uh. Being that we've been retconning things and not using normal time travel, uh, we are at risk of overloading Homestuck with bullshit and having it all just collapse into nothingness. Um, We protest, uh, but we are not really given much of an option, as the choice to not betray our friends simply closes the game. Um, So we agree to go back and restore things to the way they were. Director dismisses Ultimate Dirk, um, who protests that Andrew Hussey never would have done this to him, um, and leaves us to our own devices. Uh, we wonder what our own fate will be after this experiment concludes. Um, so we zap back to where we found ourselves at the very beginning, with the Suburb Beta, uh, ready to either chuck it into the uh, chuck it into the sewer or put it back in John's mailbox. So, if we Choose to chuck it in the sewer again. The game closes. If we put it back in the mailbox, we go back to the main menu and it plays the Homestuck main theme. If we click on MSPA reader instead, oh. we are uh, we are given a third option. So from here, we zap on over to the roof of Dave's apartment to talk this out with the one person who might uh, who might have some experience in this bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> hell yes. <laughs> So, we, we go and we talk to Aradia, and we're, uh, she lets us know that uh, she's making plans to get out of here. Uh, Cannon's not looking so hot right now, and uh, she thinks that it might be high time to get going. We let her know that uh, she and Solix will actually be okay, it'll be fine. And she's like, oh, okay, sure. Um, we tell her uh, about our plan to destroy the timeline to save our friends. To which Aradia, uh, in 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 wonderful Aradia fashion, is like, you know what? I have no idea if it'll work, but I want to watch. Let's fucking do it. So we go to the Green Sun, and MSP Reader, uh, zaps themselves into the center of the Green Sun, and um, I don't know how to describe it. Through, we have our epic Gynax anime ending. We see all of our. We have visions of uh, all of our friends. Um, Happily coexisting uh as the fabric of the universe tears apart, um and we uh absorb the power of the green sun and make it our own to turn this timeline into its own locked timeline away from Canon, of which we become the first guardian, and that is the end of pester quest. whoa <laughs> it's crazy. Whoa. Alright, did they stick the landing?
1: Uh, I would say so. I would generally I think. like it. I, I think it's a nice little ending.
0: It's, it's weird. It is weird. Um, <laughs> it's I initially was not sure if I hated it or not. Um, oh. I felt like, uh, Aisha and Ultimate Dirk, like, arguing was, like, maybe testing my patience a little <laughs> bit. Um... But I came away with it, like, I came away from it after thinking about it for, like, 24 hours, that it's, like, it's too honest, it's too straightforward for me to do anything besides really respect it. Yeah. Um. Because, like, what I got out of this, and what I think it's ultimately about, is that, um, Pester Quest is about how much the characters of homestuck mean to people and like the personal dimension of that yeah. that has kind of been left aside um even even against what the like and it's 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 like it's so i can't tell whether it's the most graceful response to fans or the most passive aggressive response to fans you know Um, cause presenting it as like, we have these factions that we're familiar, or we have this faction that we're kind of familiar with in Ultimate Dirk of representing, like being a loose representation of like the, uh, story heads who just want pure raw plot, um, with no, uh, without dilly-dallying around, just to, to, to do personal development with no story driving. it, Um, and we're given, uh the Aisha as the director uh, as like a manifestation of like um i guess of what what pumpkin in a way of like yeah. exploring things but like still everybody's ultimately got to be fucking miserable because the the show must go on um and then us being in opposition to uh it being our distinct own like third uh viewpoint on this of just like I just love the characters of Homestuck, and I think there should be a space for that. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I I can't tell whether this is like a really like gracious um acknowledgement of that, or whether it's like, damn, you people love these shit so much, huh? And either way, honestly, I'm fine with it because I can it it, it works wonderfully as the former.
1: Yeah. I li- I um, like that we we have a new named concept for a for a canon divergent timeline mm-hmm. that that just does not have to abide by the the rules of Homestuck that, that that's like the part of it where I'm like I think this is like a a a, a less mean-spirited response to the way people feel about characters yeah uh I don't know. I like it.
0: <laughs> I think. It, I think it probably is. I think it probably is supposed to be gracious too. Yeah. <laughs> um. I just think that that's. I, I, as, when I was um like chewing over it. Uh. So when I first did this. Uh. You like told me. Um. Like hey. Uh. There's a third one. So until like. Uh. I don't know. Like twelve hours ago. Like I didn't know. That um there was a third ending, so I was like just processing the one where it just goes back to the title screen, um, and that one I was thinking like, wow, this was just the most reverent of the comic ending ever. That was weird, uh, that it just like reset to nothing. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, I think that that makes a lot less sense than it just than it being like, hey, here's like where, you here's your, y- you you you. We we acknowledge that people what this means to people, um, and yeah, I liked it a lot. I, I liked it a lot from that angle. It, it's it's so honest that I can't hate it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I enjoy it. It's good. Yeah. Um, couple things I would like to talk about. Sure. Uh, on the note of you feeling like the the argument between, uh, Dirk and Aisha, excuse me, the, the it's director. It's so silly. It is silly. Uh, it was like one of the big things that like Pester Quest haters complained about when it, when it was finally done. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the people were just kind of aggravated that Aisha has a, an in universe representation now. Uh, and I, I think that's just a huge signifier that no one anywhere has ever touched a homestuck fan adventure before. Because <laughs> dear God, if if it's a fan adventure that like diverges from any point in time from canon, uh you 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 can place your bets on the the author of that fan venture putting themselves in there and like wrenching control of the comic from Hussy. That is like a guarantee. In,
0: <laughs> in general, like I don't think that this is the first thing that Homestuck has ever... Ins- I don't think this is the first uh, off- author self-insert that Homestuck has ever inspired. Yeah. And furthermore, I would go out on a limb and say that I think probably a lot of Hussie's self-inserts in the in Homestuck proper would probably be received a lot more cynically today. Oh yeah! Oh, oh Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I, I I suspect there might be a double standard going on. Uh, for people who super hate this. Yeah, I was I was like taken aback by it. I was like, oh, this is like not in. None of these words are in the Homestuck Bible. Yeah. Um, but then I I I, I went back and I read it again, and I'm like, yeah, just fucking yeah, sure, whatever. It gives a shit. Yeah. Hussey like made a whole arc where he was creeping on one of his like underage girl characters. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> so true. Um. <laughs> um. Not. Not to <laughs> cancel Hussey for that, but th- you get my point. Yeah. Uh.
1: Another thing. The shit with the green sun. Uh. This. Yeah. This sent me down a rabbit hole.
0: <laughs> uh. I did. I did gloss over. Uh. A lot of the the specifics of the ending. Uh.
1: Uh. uh the green. The green sun aspect of the. the uh, of MSPA reader like. Becoming a first guardian, locking the timeline—that's uh, like the biggest thing that people bring up when they talk about their issues with Pester Quest. Uh, because, as we know, uh, first guardians are like prototype; they're like they're like ecto biology, like combinations of like things and like a specific DNA
0: sequence. Can can I just like I don't fucking care. I I No, I don't let want me talk. T- t- no. Your whole no, to this. Okay, no, go ahead, go l- ahead. no. No. This the, the, I'm, I, this is it's such a non I'm sorry. The, you can finish. The reason
1: the reason why I really want to talk about this is is the because of the end of the rabbit hole uh was probably the most satisfying thing that I've ever come across ever. <laughs> yeah. Um okay. And as I started to think about it, I was like why does this DNA sequence tie First Guardians to the Green Sun anyway? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, just because. And then I was like, when you really think about it, why Why is does the Green Sun exist? And it's because they blew up two universes. But why does that create the Green Sun? And the answer is, just because. And as as I dug deeper, I found... a a Reddit thread with like, just like four or five replies to it. Like barely any upvotes from like 2015. Mm -hmm. That was someone bringing up a, a a quote from J.R.R. Tolkien from, from like the forties, uh, which may or may not be where the inspiration for the green sun comes from. Uh, because this person was like asking for people's like reaction or analysis to this quote and like barely got any traction. Mm. I've never seen anybody talk about this quote anywhere else before in, in relation to Homestuck. Uh, but the quote is to make a secondary world inside which the green sun will be a credible commanding secondary belief will probably require labor and thought and will certainly demand a special skill, a kind of elvish craft few attempt such difficult tasks. But when they are attempted and in any degree accomplished, then we have a rare achievement of art. Indeed, narrative art, story making in its primary and most potent mode. Which I think is interesting hmm. because Tolkien here is saying uh, you got to do a lot of shit as a writer to make someone believe that a green sun is a credible thing that can exist in your story. Right. And Hussie just puts it in there. It <laughs> and it 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 got me thinking about how Homestuck really is a giant series of suspension of disbelief,
0: as is like any uh uh story of this scale. Really, tr- tr- but like true, but like there
1: are so many aspects of Homestuck where something happens and we just agree with it and move on. And if mm. if you start to like try to like take it apart, find a reason. Uh, you're gonna end up being really frustrated, uh, which is why my answer to why does MSPA reader teleporting inside of the Green Sun give them first guardian powers? It, it, the answer is just cause.
0: <laughs> there, yes, yes, yeah. I I I'm sorry, I cut you off like I thought you were gonna talk about people complaining about this. <laughs> but yeah, I, I yeah. Um, I think that uh to bri- to to jump off of this point as well. Um certainly you can uh dismiss a lot of like homestuck just asking you to believe stuff is like uh is bad writing like you know if a lot of things the time of the stories and things are not explained then you can chalk it up to bad writing and i think that uh to be realistic um there are probably a lot of things in homestuck that are dropped and not explained just because Hussey didn't want to explain them yeah um but at the same time um i think that gets kind of to the the point of like the, the whole thing which is that uh if you like, complaining about, like, the logistics of how does this make MS Predator a first Guardian River is, like, who fucking cares? Like, do you want me to give you, like, do you want, like, the chemical formula? Like, do you want to know, like, what gases the Green Sun is made up of? <laughs> like, do you want, like, like, does it matter? And I think the answer to that is no. Because that's not, it's not about, the the afterword of Pester Quest is not about, how you can use the power of the green sun in the medium to become a first guardian it's about uh some it's it's about Reader uh making the choice to preserve all their handiwork and to save their friends at the at, um even if it means making the, the ultimate sacrifice um and it's on a meta level beyond that like that's directly about, it's also about like how much people care about uh the characters of Homestuck personally and, like, how much that matters to some people. Yeah. It's not about that. It's not about the fucking Green Sun. Um, and yeah, I the thing I've said many a time before, but yeah, it, it, this is just missing, it's just missing the forest for the trees criticism. And, you know, to be fair, if you have enough like, shitty trees that can't hold up the forest, then yeah, I think that's a valid point. If you get to that point, Mm -hmm. but the, the stuff... Nerding, like getting nerd nerdy about like the mechanics of the afterward and shit, is just so. It's just such like, uh, at best, it's like just bad. It's just a bad way to engage with media, and like at worst, it's like just like you're just being disingenuous and just being like like looking for th- reasons to hate something. Yeah. Um, it's same for like. <laughs> Uh, it's something this is something really funny to me about the idea of like getting to the fucking ending of Pester Quest and then you get to this conversation and you're like oh that sucked and I was on board with this up until this one conversation that's like maybe like a fraction of a percent of the whole thing um yeah uh I don't <laughs> I sort of think that that conversation is like a little bit like you could probably trim down a, a it, chunk of that it's silly it's it's a little silly. It's mm-hmm. a little much. Yeah, but like uh, whatever, F- fucking whatever, dude. Um, and yeah, I the I think that what's really going on there is like, and and there there was a space in the world for people who really loved the Homestuck characters for what they are. At, at the end, yeah, like, uh, sure, sure, that's that's what it is. Uh I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. <laughs> We're talking about nothing. Um, and <laughs> anything else you wanted to to bring up from the uh, afterward? Um
1: Not from the afterward. I think I'm I'm good on the afterward.
0: Anything else you want to uh bring up before we uh close one out? Uh
1: I I think this is the point where I'm going to say to you and also to the listeners uh, okay. This is kind of the last point. Like, we we still have uh High Swap Act Two, but yeah. High Swap Act Two is kind of disconnected from everything we've been talking about majorly for the past like two years. Uh, yeah. so I feel like this is the point where I want to like reiterate that we're we're not going to be covering Homestuck Two. Uh, until it's done uh i i am still firm on that position uh but just go read it for yourself it's it's out there you can enjoy it without us covering it on the podcast form your own opinions about it uh i only say that now not not because not only because it's relevant uh Mm -hmm. as as future content uh but also uh in the in the bonus stories for Homestuck 2 there there is a bonus story that follows Dirk directly after the events of Pesterquest uh and he has a conversation with Hussie about the state of the fandom really <laughs> uh and i think that's really good but it like Homestuck 2 is like required reading for it because it 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 takes place after a certain point in Homestuck 2. Okay. Uh but that's my that's my heavy recommendation for hev- everyone here on out. Uh if if you want more big big plot shit that's connected to everything we've been talking about, go read Homestuck 2 and its bonus stories. i I really like it, and I definitely recommend that that to you, Aiden. Uh if you feel I like think it. I will. If you feel like it. <laughs>
0: I think I will.
1: I think I will. Because uh 2's been on <clears throat> hiatus for forever. <laughs> uh
0: and I Since very early on we started the pod.
1: <laughs> yeah, the the last update was Christmas of 2020. Aww. So feels bad. It's it's been a while. I, I think you specifically, Aiden, can like just go ahead and read it, form your own opinions about it, and then when it they do do that big update and we can actually talk about it on the pod. I feel like enough time will have passed that mm-hmm. we can view it with fresh minds.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry guys. Uh, going to have to wait for us to do homestuck too. going to be a minute probably. Um, but, uh, I promise that, um, even if it comes out when I'm, when I'm 40 years old, uh, we'll be here. Gonna... <laughs> we'll be here. If <laughs> if civilization hasn't collapsed by then, uh, we'll we'll come back and we'll do Homestuck 2. This is our promise to you. And
1: even if it has collapsed, we will meet up in person and we will record the episode on rudimentary devices and upload it to a remote server so that whoever finds it may access it and listen to it.
0: We'll do whatever we can <laughs> to, to get our opinions on Homestuck two to you once it is its full. Once it is a fully realized work, uh, a little bit more divorced from the. Uh, treacherous context it finds itself in in the modern day internet. Yeah. Uh, okay. But besides that,
1: uh, we're gonna do let's plays of High Swap Act Two. That's gonna be the next thing we do. It's probably gonna be a little bit before we have an actual episode.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, uh. No, we'll we we'll have a. Well, we're gonna do that. Uh, you can expect another episode before the end of the year. Another, at least one more episode before the end of the year of just like our retrospective. We're gonna sit down, have a couple drinks again, probably. Um, talk about what it was like. Uh, reading every official piece of media about John Egbert and his friends. Yeah. Um. So look forward to that. Uh, and that's. That's probably going to be uh those are probably all that we're going to be coming out with um for the rest of 2022, yeah. I think, uh, unless I'm forgetting something. Uh you you um, said that you wanted to do cyclonials. Fuck, I forgot about that. Uh yeah, um I don't know if we're going to do that uh well it, we'll see how I feel. We'll see how December shakes well, out for me. But, we'll um... figure
1: things out. A lot of stuff is on the way. We're we're going to be doing our big transfer to fan content. Uh I'm going to be restructuring the the Patreon, uh,
0: more info- We're probably gonna be uploading a, li- a bit less regularly. Yeah, more
1: information will come out as, as it becomes more relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, 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 but as for that, that's, that's, that's kind of it for
0: this. <laughs> God, God damn, God damn. Well, um, I, I think it was a good time. Yeah. Um, and I am, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it more in our retrospective episode, because I don't want to talk about it right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I already cried too much today. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you want to wrap this one up? Sure. Okay. Um. Well, you've been listening to A Homestuck Podcast. Uh, I am Aiden. And I'm John. Um. What do you mean, He's like, fumbling. Okay. He's fumbling. I'm fumbling. I'm fumbling. I'm fumbling. Oh my god! I'm, I'm too emotional for this right now. Okay, um, at first we would like to uh, extend a very warm uh, thank you to our patrons, um, uh, beginning with uh Michael P, uh Poof the twenty seventh, uh John with continue, and
1: the other eleven of them, uh Ashen One, Haxus Three, Mel, Tezrak, Amber M, Danny, Caffeine. Gareth F, Simon Martins, Corin, and Darsh, thanks for monies.
0: Thank you all so much for money. Um, it, sorry about another late episode. Work was a bitch. What can I say? Uh, this week sucked. Um, we're sorry, guys. Regardless, uh, if you would like to give our scamming, fraudulent asses some money, <laughs> uh, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/HPCast. Um, I don't well i don't know what the perks are going to look like from here on out uh but if for some reason if for some godforsaken reason you want to give us money you can go there um i'm i'm not going to boss you around Just feel free um otherwise uh you're in luck because i would also like to extend a giant shout and thank you to all of our listeners in general um it has been a quite a time uh discovering all of this shit uh with you guys. Um I I love Homestuck and I have loved reading it and I have loved having an audience for it. Um regard uh, just thank you all so much for for listening. It means a lot. Um and our third shout-out as always uh goes to Alex, our artist and editor, uh who makes everything that we do here possible. We love him. He is the goat. We love you, Alex. Um So with that, uh, we will see you, um, with some High of Back 2 action at some point soon. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, see you guys around.